It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. everybody and welcome back to the 90 day fiance wrap up podcast we're here today to talk about episode five of season 10 of 90 day fiance og uh aka it feels nice to be back in the 90 day proper scenes i'm enjoying myself with this season they're adding new people that are compelling but also very odd which works out well for me i'm of course your host and conductor of the hot mess express please and vikili ready to break things down once more and with me is someone who is not a stranger on the hot mess express all aboard. It is time to talk to the one and only Jason Reed. Jason, how you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. I had to uh, I had to make this really authentic and really relatable. So I'm coming to you live from the crawl space under my stairs. I love that. And, and you love it, right? It's comfortable. Yeah, for it's you. so great. I, this is only temporary, but I've been doing this for like the past three years. Um, mm-hmm. So it's 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 all good. I don't mind this whatsoever. Um, I, I definitely don't want a bed, don't want a real room. So this is good. I am more. I have, you know, if I stay in the crawl space, I have more space in my house for just random junk. We love that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's the key. If you're going to live in a little walk in closet, the key is to make your storage every other part of the house, but your closet. Yeah, that's that's innovative. That's smart. Exactly. That's that's like 4D chess right there. We are, of course, referring to the couple we're going to kick things off with here. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, Jason, Liana got on the premiere and said, I want to meet this couple. Well, it's time. We're going to talk about Clayton and Anali here. It's time for Closet Mom, baby. Let's go. It is. So little background on Clayton here. He's 30 years old. He's a cybersecurity analyst. He has Four pets total, two guinea pigs and two chihuahuas. We learn a lot about guinea pigs in this episode from uh, Clayton. He has a good love for these guinea pigs. Just, just keep this, keep them away from, from, uh, from, 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 from a, what, what is the lady's name? Elisa? Annalisa? And, uh, um, oh God, uh, Anali, Anali. Anali. Keep them away from Anali. Maybe keep them in a separate room when she ever, whenever she needs a snack, whenever she, you know, gets hangry. That would be nice. That would be the move because I feel like if we learn, so he does, you know, fast forward, they go, he goes to a vet. Uh, he takes the guinea pigs to the vet every six months or so. And he said that he tells the veterinarian, you know, in South America, guinea pigs are a delicacy. And I, you know, I'm trying to keep, get my wife to be close, my fiance to be close to my guinea pigs, but not too close. <laughs> <And> he, keeps, <laughs> he keeps talking about the fact that she's talked about how much they're a delicacy to the point where he's trying to convince her that guinea pigs are family and not food. And he makes a joke about how, you know, I don't want her to consider them as like something you have with your coffee in the morning. He's like, sir, 
I don't think in any universe, even if it's a country or culture where guinea pigs are eaten, that that is a breakfast item. I don't know. He said she loves it. Like she, she, he made it sound like she's downing guinea pigs, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I don't know. You know, over on the other way, you know, they, they, uh, a few, a couple weeks ago, they tricked Brandon into eating, uh, what was it, frogs? So I mean, I would, I would just be watching. At least when she's cooking anything and just keeping an eye on my guinea pigs anytime she's cooking, make sure they're safe. Yeah, definitely. That's at least what he's making it seem. He also does tell us, of course, about his two chihuahuas. And we didn't get a lot of lessons about the chihuahuas, but it's time to meet the fifth roommate, Jason. <laughs> and that is Violet, his mother, who lives in the walk-in, clo- walk-in closet. And we find out that this was a temporary stopgap, but also she's been there for three years. So I feel like temporary went out the window after year one. You know, what? what is the, I don't know, what is what is the nature here? What is what is the custom? If my mom was like, hey, I'll just take the closet. I feel like I would have to insist that she take the bedroom if, if that's our arrangement, because that's just that's just wrong, man. It's just weird and, and crazy to me. Yeah, I don't know if there's any universe where I would doesn't matter how much my mom insists she's comfortable with it, how comfortable I'd feel giving my mom the walk in closet and then having a big ass room, big enough room where I can have an entire PC set up with two monitors. Yeah, you could put a bed right there for your mom where you're all your computer stuff is my guy like it, it just feels so wrong. But of course, you know, she's like, I, I, I'm good. I'm fine. I love this. Like I wouldn't I would rather have nothing else. If you gave me a mansion, I would say no, I'm staying in this closet. And, you, you know, you just know when casting was talking to Clayton and he mentioned this, they just they went blank. Everything else went silent. They said, I don't care what else happens with this guy. We have to get. A shot of closet mom and of course they use that big time in their promotional material oh i mean this was the the odd couple that you knew they wanted to advertise the crap out of which bears the question why were they not featured earlier in the season i mean obviously it's only episode five so it's not like we're deep in but you'd think if this is a couple they're going to be marketing you'd want them to be one of your starting five yeah, but I, I think they got the job done just by showing them in the commercials. Like, you know, you're going to want to come just in case we pop in Closet Mom any given week. So you're going to want to come back. So, you know, I think they got they, they got a, the, what they want to to come to bring across in just commercials. And they mm. knew they were trying to, you know, string us along. Like, you know, you're going to stay here till Closet Mom. So you might as well just come in at, you know, at the beginning. Yeah. Another thing we learn about Closet Mom is that Closet Mom is a, he says, bit of a hoarder. I think full-blown hoarder. A lot of um, <laughs> Closet Mom doesn't throw much stuff out, uh, including cereal bars that are two years past the expiration date. So they definitely got stuff they need to be working on here. Honestly, when, when they were talking and they were like going around the apartment and I was like, okay, this isn't horrible like you know i've seen the show hoarders like this isn't the worst i've ever seen but then we get to the storage unit later i'm like oh okay i I get it he he has just convinced her to move the hoarding into a different area yeah which the first of all the entire so the walk-in closet has what seems to be just like a mattress and then his room seems to have this again pc set up with two monitors and a laptop And then the living room kitchen space is just a mess of items, an absolute mess of items just all over the place. And, you know, there's they seem to be 
I don't know what the configuration is of this apartment slash condo slash whatever they got going on, but there's a downstairs to keep going down to and up from. I'm just wondering if that is like ground zero for the in-house hoarding. I don't, it's a good question. It's okay. So the living room, uh, kitchen space, look at a mess. And then when they took the stuff to the storage, Jason, when they opened the storage unit and it was, literally leaking stuff in that (laughs) there was no space it was basically like the world's worst tetris board and nothing was fitting but they jammed the pieces in there's a random like laminate wood piece that you would put together for furniture just just sticking out somewhere i'm like what what is this why do we have this what is this for and just boxes upon boxes upon boxes it was it was a mess i feel like my biggest question is three years you're telling me that you couldn't have gotten your mama place at this point in three, three years. I mean, listen, he's a cybersecurity specialist. Those people make like decent money. Um, I don't know. If, is he scared to get her a place? Cause then it's just going to get extremely out of control in her own space. Does he want to like monitor her hoarding? But the way he's talking really makes it seem like he's like, yeah, I have to get my mom out of here. Like pretty soon. Like I, I, I want to be alone with my woman at, at this point. So I don't know what the situation is with this guy or what her situation is. Has she spent all her money on knickknacks and things to hoard? Who knows what's going on? here? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here. I feel like with this, uh, with Clayton, we've just gotten more questions than we have answers. Obviously it is the first episode with them, but let's meet his other half. And that is of course, Anali who is from Peru. They met on, okay, they didn't meet on a dating app. They met on a language learning app. So uh, like a Duolingo, perhaps? Listen, you got to get it where you can get it. You know, Tinder wasn't working. Uh, You know, all the other apps weren't working. You have to turn to some, you know, unconventional means sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely that. So they meet on this dating app, or sorry, this uh, language learning app. And she, I guess, checked this profile out and then he hit her up and said, hey, you didn't say hi. Hello. And he, he, let's see, he saw that. He was like, I got to jump on this immediately. I cannot let this go. <laughs> this, this is my one shot, my one opportunity. You know, yeah. see, you know, you see, oh, shit, I forgot the whole quote, but whatever. Um, so he saw that he just she just looked at his stuff. He's like, let me jump on this right now. I couldn't believe it. I mean, listen, the thing, one of the things I love about 90 is that we kind of get this opportunity to see where people find each other. And sometimes it's as simple as walked into a bar. Sometimes it's on a dating app. Sometimes it's on a forum. The language learning apps, I guess you love is everywhere, folks. You just got to know where to look. And who you're looking for. For real. Yeah. I mean, listen, friends, dating apps, language learning apps, meet people however you can meet people. That's what exactly. So now um, we can talk a little bit about the rest of their journey. So after about eight months of talking, he went and met her in Peru. Four days into the meetup, he proposes. When he says, will you marry me? She says, aw. And then doesn't say anything else. And then says, yes. So a bit of a delayed yes, which he does say. She said, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Not too enthusiastic. It's like, sure. yeah, yes sounds more enthusiastic than yeah. Basically, it's, I guess, sure, why not? But listen, Clay, I, I feel like Clayton needs to take what he can get and be happy. 
I mean, listen, not uh, we haven't seen them meet in person yet, but not a lot of people are going to be okay with this uh, living situation that you are about to uh, embark on. Um, sure. We, yeah, so we learned that she got her K one visa about six to seven weeks ago. Is coming over real soon, and then of course, like we talked about, they had the um, they went to the storage space and and getting everything sorted there. Um, yada yada. We see the vet appointment. We learn about the the guinea pig stuff. The next thing, the only other scene we see, um, Jason, is that we see him playing games, gaming as as we all do, on his computer with his friend Cameron, who he's known for thirteen years. It's his best friend. They've never met in person though, which he was like, oh, "It's weird. I guess we're adults now. Why can't we just visit each other?" And he's like, "Oh, you know what? It's probably because of my my the way I live my life. I don't really have a social life." Like, oh, I could tell. Uh, so first of all, he has logged in 20,000 hours into this one game that he's been playing since he was what 13? Yeah. So I mean, you're more you're way more of a gamer than I am, I think. Um, was there any indication of what this game might be? It felt it maybe like something that's been this long standing where they have I think they mentioned a troll in there or something. Could this be like a world of Warcraft type of thing? I think so. It felt like I couldn't tell based on the screen we were seeing. I think it was an MMORPG and I have to imagine it was something in the World of Warcraft range. Um, So that's probably what it was. And then he tells his friend Cameron that, hey, Anali, you know, in the two years we've been, two, two and a half years we've been together, uh, Anali's never told her dad about me. That doesn't know I exist. This is like a bingo space on a on a ninety day fiance bingo card, right? Like, up oh, here we go. Uh, parent doesn't know <laughs> like that that we can cross that off of the of the bingo card right now. It, it is is at this point somewhat of a ninety day staple that one or the other side has family that you're being kept a secret. About. Like you're a secret to them. Yeah, and and you know if we we really should. Why haven't we done a bingo card for ninety day yet? <laughs> That's an idea. But, hey, get it done. That's merch, baby. Yeah, it's it's a missed opportunity for sure. So we'll try to maybe do that for the next season. Uh, yeah, that's we kind of leave it there. So okay, so what was the what was the 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 skeleton in? That's a bad analogy to use in this couple. Uh, basically, the one thing hidden from Anali is that Anali's dad does not know about this relationship, and she's about to move. So we've already seen an instance of I moved and I didn't tell my mom in Manuel. So we'll see how that plays out. We do see on the next time on that she does make it to the U.S. So we'll see how that plays out next week. Yeah, I'm excited to see the reception that she gives this house, how much they've been able to to clean the house, if at all. Because, you know, these people that that hoard are very territorial over their stuff, as we kind of saw in this in this episode. So I'm very curious to see what her reaction is going to be and what his mom's reaction is going to be to her when she gets there. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Big time. Same here, honestly. Um, now let's move on to the next couple here, and that is Nick and Devin, who we did meet very recently. Um, Nick, of course, is in Korea. Devin is arriving in Korea. They've been separated for two years due to COVID. They met in Australia. She is American. He's Korean. And the whole thing with this trip is we need your parents' blessing to proceed with this marriage. Now, this took so long to set up that they're meeting the parents so much so that they didn't meet the parents in the episode at all yeah i thought we were going to get at least the beginning of it but we, we just got like the, the we saw them from across the room type of thing like it's over um you know nick uh, what is it devin 
Devin, Nick and Devin, someone please give Devin a Red Bull or something. Pepper up a little bit. She's a, she's very quiet, very, you know, low talking. It's like, come on, let's, let's pep this up a little bit. Yeah. I feel like Devin's energy is supremely low. And I wonder how this is because she is introverted. We did learn this last week. And I feel like I wonder how this is going to play out with the parents and meeting them. Cause typically when you meet the parents, you want to like show a level of enthusiasm. And I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't know if it's going to go bad or not. It feels like, and this is maybe my, my little prediction here. I feel like it's going to go fine. And that's why there's not really a lot here. They were doing, a, they were doing a lot with a little in the next time on because they had, they pretty much put a bunch of stuff in her mouth that she wasn't probably wasn't even saying at that time as she's talking to him and we don't see her mouth move and just like putting in audio. And, you know, I mean, she is crying about something going terribly wrong. So I'm very curious about what this, how bad this meeting is going to go. And, and, you know, what did you think about some of the customs he was talking about? Like, don't stare in her eyes while you're drinking. I was like, honestly that kind of makes sense like if i'm drinking something in front of someone i'm not going to be staring at them from across the table see so so for me i feel like i've learned a lot of these customs just through watching media where um there's like customs of which hand you're using or the youngest at the table has to pour or the not making eye contact but then devon was like i feel like i'm gonna forget these rules like i feel like a lot of these rules you probably do on subconscious and you don't even know you already follow so you're not going to be have a have a problem like, I don't go, I don't make it a point to make eye contact as I'm drinking from a cup. I think that's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know for that custom. Yeah, exactly. I think that works out real well. Um, and uh, <laughs> Nick does say that, you know, my parents don't know much about American women, but they think like American women do one night stand drugs party. Like, okay. So your parents watch like three movies and, and mean, that's listen, what they got. No lies told. I mean, is that not our lives? We are? Is that is that not your life? What one night stands, drugs? I, yeah. I listen. I, I feel like the day, ring baby. on my my finger says differently. Boo ah, uh, boo! That's every day, baby. That's that's America. Oh yeah, that's you, Jason. That's you. That's is me. that you? Every day. Come on, drugs, party, and sex. You know when I look you, at you, you that's exactly me? what I think. That's like that's me? one that's party me. animal right there. Yeah, that's you've met me. That's me, baby. Yeah. Now, if you had said think Chappelle, I'd be like, all right, point take. But oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, they met Chappelle and that's who they're talking about yeah no seriously though they're like yeah Chappelle yes every American I, woman uh, equals Chappelle yeah I've met one American and I'm going to assume that this is what every American does his name was Brandon Chappelle yes that's right use his first name don't tell him menace um, absolute menace so we'll see how that goes next week Jason well, well, but you know what do you think about the no nookie on the first night <laughs> Okay, so I was confused because yeah. it seemed like he obviously last week he said, I'm going to break the bed. It's going to be such a good time. And it doesn't seem like that happened. And then when he was like, yeah, obviously I wanted to break the bed, but I don't have She was too tired. She's like, no, be honest. And then he said he farted and she kicked him out. Like, yeah, they left that so fast. She kicked you out of the like hotel room. She kicked you out of the bed. Was this a all night thing? What? What? I need to. I need more info. I need more details. I need more as well because I really, truly do not feel like we have a full understanding. But maybe that's for our benefit. Maybe it's better that we don't know. Do you do you get the feeling this is a uh, short term couple? Like we're not going to get them all season. We're going to be here for a short time, not a long time. 
Okay, so my confusion with them here is that I feel like I can't decide who on this cast is that short-term couple because I think there's a couple candidates as of this mm-hmm. moment. They could be. I think they're on the short list for sure. Yeah, because, uh, you know, like I said, Devin's really not giving me anything. I, I, I can see why they introduced us to Nick first uh, because he's more of the, he's the more lively character. So I think that was a good way to intro them to us. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering after the parents meet, what are are we going to like skip because we've been skipping time a lot in in these 90 franchises are we going to skip time and and nick's going to be on his way are we going to get that story this season i'm just i'm wondering what's going to be happening well we'll find out we'll find out soon come but yeah i don't feel like we're going to get a lot of messy entertaining stuff here from these two rooting for them hopefully they are happy but we'll yeah, find out like nice people that i'm not yeah. giving me huge red flags from either of them right off the bat No, neither am I, honestly. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we will be talking about Gino and Jasmine. All right. Speaking of having an itch to scratch, let's go over to Gino and Jasmine, who we immediately land in on. Jasmine seems to have some sort of a rash and it's spreading across her body and she's kind of panicking a little bit. And he Gino's like, well, you you used to get this in Panama. I'm like, no, in Panama it was never this itchy. It's very itchy. And he's like, well, maybe you're allergic to something. What have you been eating? She's like, you know, bread, peanut butter, the standard stuff. And he's like, what about the almonds? She's like, yeah, I'm not allergic to almonds. I've been eating almonds. It's fine. She's like, this is more so about being exposed to stuff. And I feel like the dirt here, the you know, the last time I got it in Panama, the place was dusty. It's probably that. And Gino's just so defensive about yeah. the whole thing jason so defensive he's he, he, you know he's he's on this almonds like, it's gotta be the almonds it's the almonds he goes and grabs the almonds like see it's it's gotta be the almonds you know give give up the almonds put down put down the bag bro it's not the almonds okay she eat these almonds all her life as someone that has suffered from dermatitis uh myself the the source of these things are you can never really tell but the fact that she brought up the dirt in the first place and Gino's like, no, definitely not. I, I am not dirty. Gino, we've seen the proof. Uh, a, a few times this episode, for some reason, they kept showing us your toilet. So I'm going to assume that the rest of the house is similar to this and that Jazz is not lying here about it being a, even like a little dirty. I'm sure there's a lot of dust. Yeah, I don't. I think it's I mean, we saw the tour of the house the that one episode. And then we also saw some of the revisits here with the stove being dirty, the bathroom, be the toilet being dirty. And I feel like he says, you know, to me, dirty is like if there's a hoarder and there's trash bags. Everywhere, I was like, OK, no need to come for Clayton. Like, he just debuted on the season. Yeah, like, I was relax. like, not with the connectivity. You're like, did they tell him there's a hoarder on this season? Like, just bring it up. It'll be, it'll be a cool little through line through the episode. I was like, wow, this is this is actually really innovative for the show. Like, we just saw a hoarder. He's bringing up hoarding. Crazy. Yeah, they might. Listen, literally, I feel like they might have just uh, happened to land on this. They're like, we're going to steal this. We're going to totally put it, stitch it in together and put it here. Yeah, that's that's some primo editing where the guy's putting together the episode. He's like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure I have some sound of Gino talking about a hoarder. Let me go find that. Exactly. Uh, now, uh, turns out she had hives. So he takes her to the emergency room. She had hives and she was trying to be like, okay, well, how about we just, we get new pillows. I feel like new pillows, a new blanket that could change things. He's like, yeah, we'll get you a pillow. I don't really, I I like my pillow. I'm going to keep my my pillow. My pillow is fine, but I I guess I'll get you one. Like, okay, 
like calm down and you know the fact that he you know turns it around on her and talks about her dirty apartment with mice and the amount of in, the enraged that she gets is just over the top but i can kind of understand it i mean you don't want i mean she did just do it to him but you don't want someone accusing you of living in a dirty mouse filled uh place on national television i mean that's the big thing for me is that um i feel like gino continuously both doesn't listen and then doesn't adapt either i feel like it's not a huge ask when your partner is like get the house is messy to be like you know what you could be right about that. What should we change? Like, look at it that way. Instead of getting defending, no, 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 it's not. It's not. It is. Let's be real. Second, if I ever grew attachment to a pillow that is six years old, that's not even like a pillow from my childhood. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a stuffed animal from your childhood or anything. It's a goddamn pillow. You don't know what the pillow is because there is a pillow case wrapped around it. Just yeah. replace it. And judge about the look of the pillow. Like all the stuffing has been just smooshed out of this thing. I think it's probably time. I think it'd probably be more luxurious for you, Gino, if you just get a new freaking pillow. Like it's not even that big of a deal. Like this thing looks like a piece of cardboard at this point. You've you've used it so much. So I mean, just just get a new pillow. Just like sometimes it's just better to say okay, no problem, and move on. But I don't think Gino, neither Gino nor Jasmine have learned that lesson. No, not even a little bit. Uh, they do go to the store to pick up new pillows and blankets because this is when Gino gets caught. He likes to budge and give in. So they get new. They're looking for pillows. And I love this exchange. I think the MPC of the week goes to this store clerk here who Jasmine asks, listen, how often do you change your pillow? She's like, you know, for me personally, about every six months. Like, oh, six months. That's good. I wanted to talk to an American and see what they say. And this American says six months. Gino's like, yeah, I change mine every six years. Like you're I telling me that the amount of time it would take you to switch three pillows, we'd have like four Olympics. Like that is excessive. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that because this lady works in this big department store with where that happens to sell pillows and she's now a pillow expert. Like you work here, you work here in a place that has pillows. When should we change these pillows? Like, I, I don't know. This we just sell it in the <laughs> store. I'm not an expert on every single item in the store. And Part of me was like, you know, Gino's going to totally throw it in her face that like, yeah, well, she gets the employee discount. That's why she gets that many pillows. It's yeah. like cheaper. But when she rings them up and it's $14.99, Jason, $14.99. Well, is that, I mean, listen, I don't I don't go around buying pillows a lot. I feel like that's cheap for pillows. That's like that's some crappy material there for for a pillow. Like it's probably it, like it's, it's not even cotton. It's like scratchy, like sandpaper or something. Listen, I have, I was a, once upon a time, I was a university student and the pillows at Walmart were like seven, eight bucks. I was like, okay. And this is Canadian, mind you. Then the pillow I ended up, I uh, currently have, I bought from Ikea, but it was their like level high. Cause I, I like a firmer pillow. Um, not like rock hard, but firm enough that it can sculpt to my neck kind of thing. This was 30 bucks, I think. Best wow. purchase. Best. Ooh. And yeah, that was like, upper echelon like ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm breaking the bank on this one <laughs> i'm gonna spoil myself get me a nice memory foam pillow Let me treat myself a little yeah, bit you know treat yourself um <laughs> yeah I, I don't do the pillow buying in the house that's more of a my wife task um but yeah that to me i was like when, when she said 14 i was like okay i mean that doesn't sound crazy it doesn't sound terrible and it was a pillow in a bag so i was like what kind of pillow is this 
it seemed like it was like rolled up a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah, I was like, it's like in a, in a little bag. I was like, this is interesting. Yeah, well, what is interesting wasn't a lot of the Gino and Jasmine stuff this episode. It's the next time on because Ooh, that's the episode where Jasmine finds the eyeliner in the car and proceeds to accuse Gino of cheating. What what in the world could this be? Let's 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 go under the assumption that Gino is innocent. How could this eyeliner have gotten in his car? That's a great question. Um, do you think he was running Uber on his off time, but he felt embarrassed because maybe Jasmine wouldn't see Uber as a viable bit of income? Oh, or something that's good. Be like, my, my money ran out sooner than I thought, so I had to secretly take Uber, and I was embarrassed to tell Jasmine. Um, but I don't know. Is it like? Is were they not fighting enough? And production was like, all right, let's just put some money in the car and just just see what happens. Let's let's we we need a nice Gino and Jasmine fight. We haven't got one in a while, so let's uh, let's get a nice one. But this whole episode for Gino and Jasmine was really such a roller coaster and really kind of emblematic of their like life of their relationship because we got we had a fight, we had an argument, right? But then by the end, we get this tender, nice moment. With Jasmine talking about her son and how she, you know, feels like she's not good enough and she left him. And Gino is actually pretty comforting in this moment. When she's freaking out about her son, I was like, Gino, go over there and like hug her, do something. And eventually he did. So I was like, you know, that that's it's we got the beginning to end of what Jasmine and Gino's relationship is like. Yeah. With them, I feel like it's kind of a roller coaster up and down a hill, back and forth of they're really bad. They're cussing each other out. They've made up and they're actually the most functioning couple in the season. Yeah. And then, oh, they're fighting again all over again. It's messy. So, <laughs> yeah, this is round and round. The same thing. I love when he's comforting. He's like, yeah, of course you're a good mom, Jasmine. I, I did love what she was talking to her. So he's like, hey, yeah, what's up? All right, bye. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what Jasmine's relationship is like with her with her son, but it almost seems like he's like, yeah, you're leaving doesn't really affect me that much. Like, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I feel like with the sun, it was a very quick, yeah, I want a Real Madrid party, football, soccer themed. Okay, good, done. We'll do that. And that was it. She's still obviously her end goal is to bring her kids over to the States. But right now, I feel like they've got so many other obstacles that that feels like a distant, distant memory before we get here. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see how that plays out. I am looking forward to the mess. It looks like next week so far is set up to be messy, messy, and I'm very much here for it. Yeah, I can't wait because I mean, this episode was kind of we went through the motions of a lot of our couples. Like, it wasn't any big time things happen with with a lot of our couples. Um, so I'm I'm ready for something to explode and blow up. Big, big, same, absolutely same. I'm very, very keen to see how that plays out, and I will be here for it. Now. Let's talk about Nikki and Igor, who I have been saying repeatedly, we're in a, the record keeps skipping and we're on the same spot three weeks in now where, you know, we pick up where we left off last week, where Nikki is telling Igor, you have 48 hours to change my mind. Otherwise I'm gone. I'm not doing this. This has been taking way too long for nothing to happen. And clearly all of this boils down to Nikki and Igor used to have a very, intimate physical relationship the component to their to their you know dating that's not there at the moment and nikki is bothered by this and igor does tell us that his body is still opening up for nikki this is directly what he said uh and nikki has told us as well that i've never been deprived of sex in my life like this so 
They're all she like, said the kitty. The kitty is hungry. Oh my gosh! She said, "Yeah, the kid, she, This was a dinner later, yeah. and I was like, Nikki, take a breather, Nikki. This is this is all. You wonder why people are staring, Nikki. Yeah, it was. So, where do you land on all of this with Nikki and Igor? I don't trust Nikki and Igor at all. If you if you look into Nikki's past. It is quite a tangled web. Uh, this is not the first reality show she's done. She's done a, a few. So I, my thing is because she mentioned in the early on that they had been, you know, apart for a while and they just recently reconnected. So, I mean, is this like, is this a thing where they reconnected for the show? She was like, listen, I'll pay some of your bills. All you got to do is be on the show with me. Like, I don't trust. I don't trust. I don't really don't trust Nikki at all. Yeah, because the big thing with them is Nikki obviously is is seeking the physical component of the relationship to be like really be brought back into the fold. And then when it's not happening, she is definitely growing impatient with Igor and starts throwing out, you know, so why are you with me just for the money or here for the money? Because I gave you all this money. And then to which he responds with, it's not a lot of money. It's some money. And she's like, well, I spent this much on this and this much on that. So. I feel like it's not a lot of money. Tell that to your nose, my my friend. Tell that to your nose. It's not a lot of money. So she said 7,000 for your nose is enough. So my immediate thought was, I'm assuming cosmetic surgery for like your nose. And then my other thought was, was this a under the radar, like drug reference? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not one to speculate, but I was like, I I don't feel like that would have been blurred out. That wouldn't have been on the show if it was that. No, I feel like her friend mentioned uh, back when Nikki was was leaving for for Kisanao that she had done she had gotten his nose done for him so she did oh, mention that so yeah. see your memory's better than mine okay perfect that's yeah the, she was like he got one. she got his nose done his cheeks done like she got a bunch of cosmetic surgery like she paid for a bunch of his cosmetic surgery there we go so that makes sense so yeah um Igor basically keeps saying you know be patient with me that's really all he needs is be patient with me uh while yeah, like, I like, adapt go ahead but like you said, this is what the third episode in a row that we've got the same, this the it's same, same. rig roll, the same go merry go round. Like, hey, I want to have sex. Hey, I'm not comfortable with it yet. Just give me some time. Same thing over and over. It's tiresome. Um, again, I like it when it's mess or when it's lovely. This middle isn't doing it for me. Now we do see Nikki talking to her mom on the phone, and her mom. Uh, she says we've been working on our problems. I've been trying to like talk to him about stuff, and the mom says, "Well, Nicole, did you have a civil conversation with him?" And mom knows it's a no, <laughs> no. And how? What if you consider changing the way you speak to him? Maybe that'll change. You know, he loves you. I see that he loves you. Let him adjust. This is a big change for him. And I thought this was some salient advice from from the mom. Um, it's yeah, such but, a but tough spot of- to be for Nikki. I feel like because. She essentially is dating the same person twice, but in the first half of their dating experience, it was a completely different relationship to what it is now. And I can't imagine how hard it is to feel that. Yeah. I mean, speaking of conversations on repeat, it's probably Nikki's mom has probably had this conversation with her several times, probably in reference to Justin and in reference to herself about how Nikki approaches things and how she talks to people and how she handles conflict. So probably the same thing she said, to Nikki a thousand times ever since probably Nikki was a kid. So, you know, the, the same old, same old with Nikki, I feel. Yeah. Um, and, Nikki, the, and Nikki knew what this what the situation was before she came over here. So I don't know why she's acting like she's surprised. 
Yeah, I'm not. Listen, it's like it's expectations. You come in, you expect everything to be samey, samey. Then it's not. And it's like, well, what is it? Is it me? And I feel like that's the thing we 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 talked about and explored last week with her, which was very clearly to us. It's clear that for Nikki, the lack of physical intimacy makes Nikki insecure and question everything with the relationship, which is a tough um, place to be. Yeah, which makes me question her motives for being on the show, really. Like, is she, is she here just to get the screen time? Because she knew, going back to Igor, that this was going to be what the situation was. That he wasn't comfortable with it, that he wasn't. Uh, and, and honestly, for Igor, the way that he is going about being with her, uh, because, you know, the, if, if you hear Nikki tell it, he is super ashamed to be seen with her in public. But he's he's being affectionate in public. He's, you know kissing up on her he's holding hands with her so i don't think he's as ashamed to be seen with her as she wants to feel like he is i think it's not so much that she thinks he's ashamed but it feels like he's not where she expected him to be already and i feel like we we do see this a lot with long distance relationships where when you're messaging each other, you can message up a storm like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then when we're together, we're going to have time to do this, this, this. I feel like he probably did a lot of that where he's um, reciting, narrating a story, a romantic endeavor. And then when they're together, she's not getting there. She's like, what happened? I thought you were ready. Where is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So then they go to dinner after the conversation with mom and the dinner seems like it's going well ish. And then, you know, uh, they, they talk about maybe going to the gym and he was like, yeah, we could go to the gym in the morning. And he's like, well, maybe not my gym. And he, she's like, well, why? He's like, well, the gym, the ceilings are low and it's smaller. We'll go to a bigger gym. The other gym will be bigger. And then Nikki says, well, I feel like it's more so that you don't want me to be there. And he insists, well, that's not the issue. And he tells us that, you know, I know that there's a better gym for international people who are visiting or who are new here. Good for Americans. You know, they sell fried food there. There's high fructose corn syrup and all the protein bars. <laughs> like it's it's really better for Americans. Uh, but no, it, it's definitely what she said. Right. That That's the issue. What do you what do you think? What do you think the, the real issue was here? To me, again, I, I feel like it's basically that he doesn't want Nikki to be there to see people that he knows and to uh, he's not ready to like launch, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like, that's what it is. So it's not because of the low ceilings. <laughs> Watch out. Uh, that for is low a ceilings. wild thing they to really say. Get you. Yeah. yeah. The low ceilings is w- very strange to me. Um. You know so then Americans ultimately low ceilings. Yeah, you gotta you gotta avoid them. <laughs> uh and then we do see at one point Nikki goes, Oh my god, I just got clocked. Because they were uh, Nikki was talking about being trans, and then I guess uh Nikki's retelling is and they heard that and they gagged. And Igor was a little nervous, but then he's like he wanted to reassure her that he doesn't care and he gives her a little kiss on the cheek, it seemed like. So Everything seems fine for now. Everything seems okay. What was Jason. the likelihood that she actually got clocked? Zero. I really don't think I that think, was a thing. Yeah. It could be also because Nikki, it's not about you being trans. It's about you standing out, you know, as, as everywhere you go with your wardrobe choice, with your, probably your, your loud volume most of the time. 
And the well, camera again, crew, there's like three cameras on y'all at this yeah. dinner. So. Yeah. so I think that's probably why you're getting some looks, uh, <laughs> I would say. And listen, it's not a secret that Nikki looks unique, right? Like not a secret. So can't be that surprised that you're going to cop a couple looks. Yeah, I feel like, again, it's a, it's a par for the course. Um, but again, this is what the show has for drama for us. So this is where, what we're left with. Yeah, I'll take it. I, I like it. It's fine. I like how I like her freaking out about really nothing most most days. Exactly. <laughs> her freaks out. Her freakouts are fun. Mm-hmm. Well, next time on, we do see that Nikki is going to be meeting some of Igor's friends. So again, if these if this next time on is any indicator, we're gonna have a banger of an episode next week. Yeah, listen, we've had some TMI moments in the 90 day franchises, but this is a lot telling them about, you know, prostituting yourself and you're hooked on drugs. Not really the best, like, not you know, first impression combo, I feel like. Yeah, not great conversation starters with, with friends of your of your partner that you're meeting. Yeah, so now let's go to the final couple. And this final couple is none other than Sophie and Rob. Now, well, Jason. Yeah. Set it up for us. Uh, Sophie and Rob, uh, they, they go through quite they go through quite a bit of ups and downs in this episode, much like Gino and Jasmine. Uh, so we kind of start off almost where we left off last episode. Uh, Rob is very upset because Sophie has told him that she doesn't want to be pregnant, which, you know, are the exact words she used. I don't want to be pregnant. So next morning, of course, they're acting all kind of standoffish with each other, but they eventually do kind of talk it out. And she explains to him more, you know, more in detail. Like if you like she tells him basically if you had bothered to ask, I would have told you what my health issues were and why I was uncomfortable with just being pregnant. And they talk about the uh, pros and cons of surrogacy, uh, of adoption. And Rob's like, you know, well, I guess, you know, I, I want a bunch of little me's running around because, yes, that that Rob is what's best for for everyone. I, I, I guess <laughs> I don't know about that. He says he wants a little me's running around. So surrogacy is probably the best bet. So it really seems like, you know, they have. They have almost put it behind them in that way. Um, so I, I guess, you know, the, that part's solved. He says, I'm like, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, she doesn't, she, she doesn't want you mom. It's just a pregnancy thing. Like Rob, if you take any time to just stop and not be all pissy and throw a hissy fit and ask her some questions, you could have figured that out yourself. Yeah, they, okay. So I'm happy that Sophie was given the opportunity to, elaborate because she's not wrong in that Rob didn't even think to ask her how she was feeling just walked away the night before when this conversation came up and she you know she explains what it was with the cyst and the surgery and that she'd be more open to surrogacy or adoption he says obviously surrogacy would probably be the move and they seem like they're okay and everything's fine now we then get to 80 days to go to this wedding and it was so funny. So Sophie is talking to her mom on the phone and her mom's like, you know, when you had said that I was being too mean to Rob, I get it now. I think I, I was being mean. I should do better. And I was like, it couldn't have come at a worse time because she would have agreed with you if you were mean right now. Yeah. Sophie's like, ah, 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 not so fast. Actually, you can keep being mean to him because we got, we got problems right now. So you can go ahead and keep being an ass to him. I'm, I'm good with it. Exactly. So, th- OK, so they're going to go to the club. Jason, again, we established Clearly. this. You big club goer, big, big uh, party, drugs, sex, all of it, all of it, all the time. Twenty four American way, as they say. <laughs> yes. Now, okay, let's talk about Rob's friend Tarai, who <laughs> Tarai, or what I call him, Tory with a flair. 
<laughs> yeah. We so we met him in the first time we met Rob. And Tarai was the one that kept bringing up the dating app. And, oh, I found her on the dating app. And right then and then, Rob was like, yeah, it was a friend component of the dating app. Which, again, I know this to be true because I know there's like a Bumble BFF where it's looking for friends to hang out with. But, I'm pretty sure Sophie, Tinder also had that as well. Yeah, but Sophie and her friend are not doing themselves any favors by calling it a friend's dating app. Get the dating out of there. Just call it a friend's app. Yeah. I feel like you you don't need to add that because it just makes them feel validated. Yeah. Um, Take the word dating out. But see, I yeah. was I was okay with Torai for most of for a lot of this. He's trying to protect his friend. But then this idiot comes out of his mouth and says, well, you know, you never know. Women are capable of anything. I was like, oh, okay. So now, now your credibility is just totally out of the window. I'm not going to listen or hear anything else you have to say. Yeah, I feel I got tired of it. I was just like, okay, first of all, Rob is not the friend you need to be protecting. You need to be protecting other people from Rob and his menacing uh, yeah. ways. I, I love when they were talking about going to the club. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't like to go to the club because you never know what happened. And, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. So the only way you get in trouble is if you do something to get in trouble for you are totally capable of going to a club and behaving yourself and not being an obnoxious dick. Oh God. Yeah. I, I cannot. The idea of I don't go to clubs because it'll be a problem if women flirt with me and then I got to explain myself and you know, I've got a woman at home, so I'm fine. I was like, this is so stupid. Like you can go to the club as a taken person and just have some drinks and dance the night away and have a good time. Yeah, like everybody wants Rob. Nobody, don't nobody want you, Rob. Don't nobody want you. Nobody wants you in your your dingy ass apartment that you're probably squatting in that you're not even paying rent in. Like nobody, nobody wants you. What do you? What, the, what is going? on? You lucky Sophie's paying any attention to you? Ludicrous, absolute ludicrous behavior here. But they go to the club, so they go to the club and they're meeting up with uh, Sophie's friend Soraya, who she did meet through the friends app we're helping you out sophie by not calling it a friends <laughs> dating app yeah. so soraya's there and we did learn a couple weeks ago that uh sophie is by but no one there knows that she is and obviously with everything that's coming up and the assumptions are being made about the app she was not going to tell them that she is by here she does say that she thinks she needs to tell uh, rob at some point soon that she is bisexual this this whole thing is kind of crazy to me. Like there's, you know, we're we're used to couples not talking about everything before they they go ahead and jump into the K1 process. Like we haven't talked about sexuality. We haven't talked about whether or not we want kids or not before this. Just just a mess all around. Yeah, well, part of it is also like I I feel like I I'm not quite sure what the timeline when it is that um uh Sophie comes out and and acknowledges that she is bisexual to then talk to rob about it but the fact that they keep bringing it up makes me feel like it's gonna come up at some point in the season because so far there's no indication that it is gonna come up uh yeah i would have to think that at some point that once their story once they have nothing else to argue about that's what's gonna come up next the fact that she's bi and i'm just you know it, from my standpoint i'm like i don't know maybe it's just me like I, what's the big deal okay great you're bi fantastic now what is what is the what is coming out after that? Do you want to maybe explore your sexuality? Is that what you're, uh, is that the reasoning you're coming out with this? Like, do you just want to let me know? What is, what does Sophie want to get at with the reveal here? 
Um, this is a good question. I'm not sure, uh, but right now is not the time for it to come up, uh, Jason. However, the next scene is juicy. So juicy. the editors know exactly what they're doing because the next scene opens up with Sophie in a bathroom. And we know Rob don't got a bathroom. <laughs> Rob don't got no bathroom. Where yeah. is she? What's Whose house is this? Turns out Sophie has rented an entire place to herself. She moved out of Rob's and got a place because she woke up one morning and she had had a dream that Rob had online cheated on her, which, of course, if uh, we've established at this point to her online cheating is if you are exchanging nudes or pleasantries with another person and you're implying that you know there's flirtation involved. So she checks his phone and sure enough, in one of these apps, he has been exchanging nudes. He has been talking dirty talk and all the stuff in between that he had said he wouldn't be doing again. So she got her own place and moved out. First of all, I love that she had her MLK moment. You know, I had a dream that you were an F boy. Um, so, and it turned out to be true. It turned out to be right. So the fact that you had a dream and then that made you go check, I mean, whatever way you had to go, you know, justify checking his phone, you go, you go right on ahead, sister. Um, but you know, I mean, this is downright cheating, right? Like this isn't even, this isn't even questionable to me. This is, this is cheating. Yeah. This is not a, oh, this is cheating, you know, this is under the online component. This is just full blown cheating. Yeah, this isn't you watched porn and I'm upset. This is you actively engaging people, asking for or receiving, uh, you know, sexual material. Yeah. And ultimately, Rob has no defense of this, as he shouldn't, because she establishes it very well that, yeah, I had said before he had done this before. And I said, if this happens again, I'm out. It's not even like I didn't know that counts as cheating. He knows it counts as cheating. Yeah, he knows they, they've had this issue before and she told him if it happens again, I'm out. So honestly, she should be out. If it's me, like she's she's crying in this rental house. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anybody here. My thing's like, all right, go home. That's <laughs> that's just it. Go home. Be gone. Go back to England. It's time to go. Well, she does say that if she was in England, this would be over immediately. However, given the fact that he is she is in the u.s and if she she leaves it's done she's not quite ready to leave which makes sense to be honest like you're at this point so deep in this process where you're in the u.s if she leaves the visas null and void and if they patch things up she has to go through the entire thing all over again yeah i get i guess it's just my feelings on like you know cheating and you know if you do that then probably we should be done anyway we should be. Uh, if especially she gives if him another it, chance at this point, it's yeah. too it's too late. Especially no. if he's doing it while she's there, like in his presence, you know, in the U.S. That's just a weird behavior. I mean, I, I could understand being lonely when she's in another country. That still does not justify asking other people for sexual material. Just go watch porn if you want to, you know, have some intimacy by yourself. But it, it's even it's even ten times worse if it's happening while she's in the U.S. with him. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely it's worse and you know we'll see where these two go I, every bit of me wants to tell everybody here that it's over they're out of the show but I have a feeling we're not going to be done quite yet now they will get the bye week next week so maybe it's over but probably not 
Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think we still have more content from them. Unfortunately, like you said, there is the buy uh, aspect we have to get into because they wouldn't tease us so much if it wasn't happening. Exactly. Now, one other next time on of a couple that we didn't see this episode is Ashley and Manuel, and they're going to couples therapy. What have your thoughts been on Ashley and Manuel? Um, Ashley and Manuel, you know, I enjoy them. I enjoy Ashley as a person. She's so she's so out there and so kooky and really says what's on her mind in an entertaining way. Um, so I've enjoyed them. Uh, I, I don't think Manuel is scamming. Like if I was to guess, I don't I think he's genuine in his feelings for her. So on that aspect, I think it's OK. I think she overreacted about the uh, his family's blowing blowing up my phone. Like you said on the on the podcast, well, then answer the phone and they wouldn't be blowing your phone up. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like them as a couple. I'm really intrigued to see what this couple's therapy is going to bring up. Same, uh, because I feel like I'm with you. As of right now, I do not feel like there's any mal- malicious behavior from Manuel. Uh, but we'll see where this couple I mean, therapy that, that phone us. thing was that phone thing is sketchy though like that's that's a little sketchy. that was like too much especially if if he's like again i i think he wanted some porno time is <laughs> yeah. what it was that's he genuinely my time. thought on what why he needed it he don't know what clear history looks like in english so he can't figure out how to delete off cookies he, and move on once he, yeah once he sees it on her computer he can't figure out how to get off of there exactly all right well jason that does bring us to the end of this podcast thank you so much for coming on and talking about all things 90 day with me let the people know where can they find you and what other projects you have going on at the moment uh, a pleasure as always Puya. uh you can find me on twitter x whatever you want to call it at j-a-y-r-1-0-8-5 as far as podcasts go um here on the rob has podcast rehab ups network i am back with married at first sight with the podcast a perfect match talking about that show with asia welch season 17 is here we are about three episodes in and we're having a blast um i have a few other projects going on over on post show recaps i'm covering loki with sasha joseph i'm covering invincible with julia worthy i'm covering gilded age with marissa garza uh and coming up i'll be covering uh lawman bass reeves with Chappelle. so a lot of things going on over here in the podcast realm for me booked and blessed we love to hear it jason thank you so much for coming on as always we appreciate you being here um y'all can find me on twitter at puya is find me on twitch twitch.tv slash puya that's where i am when i'm not podcasting especially in the next two weeks where i'll be live almost every day with this hype challenge thing that i'm a part of so if you come check it out would appreciate it uh traders canada has been a very very fun watch uh combined with the recaps and the exit interviews with myself and brian scally We've been having a good time there. So if you check those out and Mass Singer was on hiatus last week because of the World Series. Well, it is back this week. So we'll be talking all about Group C and seeing what goes down there. And I'll have my one last hurrah with Big Brother 25 when I go on the finale recap to see who won, who won the draft and how we all feel about this 100 day long and tiring season finally coming to an end. We'll see how that goes. We appreciate you all listening to us. We hope you had a good time. But until the next podcast, take care. Have a good one. Bye. How many days are you going to wait before you tie the knockdown? How many days is it going to take to side?